Hello you, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of Stay at Homer, the podcast where two British men living through the crazy, topsy-turvy hilarity of on-off coronavirus lockdown in the UK, rewatch every episode of The Simpsons in order. My name is Andrew Mark Lowe. I am Timothy Matthew Tucker. And today we've reached Season 4, Episode 21 of The Simpsons, which is called Marge in Chains. Way, way back, mm. Tim, to May 1993. Um, can you remember what you were up to in May 1993? Oh, no, I was a couple of years into a new career in journalism, I think. Or maybe, no, maybe just, yeah. just starting a new career in journalism. Yeah, I probably was, actually. I'll tell you what you were up to. Yeah, Go on. yeah you were me. You were probably with me at, my, <laughs> at some point. Yeah. At my flat. Yes. In Bath, <laughs> smoking uh, marijuana and playing Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> On the Sega Mega Drive. Oh, what a joyous <laughs> night that was! Yeah, great yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought those we thought those days would last forever, didn't we? Yeah, but, uh, we were wrong. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> before we um, before we plunge our faces into the generous cleavage of the episode, what's <laughs> yeah. been going on? What's happening in the in the real world? Um, well, as always, uh, I don't know because I don't watch the news and I'm, I'm massively ill-informed. So I'll tell you then. I'll tell you what's been going on. Um, yeah. There's been a slight decline in, in new coronavirus cases in the UK as we record this. Right. Um, where there's a bit of holiday action going on, so we're recording this a little bit earlier than usual, so there's a bit of a week's gap before it's going to come out. So, I mean, yeah. fucking anything could happen in the next week, couldn't it? So, this, don't rely yeah. on this for the for the latest news. <laughs> <laughs> but as we record, there's been yeah. a, a slight chink of hope, a little glimmer yeah. of light. Let's hope that develops. Yeah, we mm. may have sort of passed the, the peak of the third wave. Wouldn't that be joyous? Yeah. But, um, and the, yeah, also, the Prime from... Minister, Boris Johnson, is suffering in the polls a bit because he's shit, isn't he? <laughs> So people seem to have started to notice that, <laughs> which is good of them. Which is it's taking astute. time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a regular listener of us some correspondence, a regular listener, Matt Howell yes. on Twitter. Mm. Matt Howell, who will be joining us very soon, by the way, as part of uh, our guest presenters. Yeah, look forward to that. He's taken issue with a point we made in the episode where Bart and Lisa write an episode of Itchy and Scratchy. And so he says that, you know, we said that story and comedy that deals with the writing process is never, just never very good. Um, well, I mean, I said that, but... <laughs> and I agreed yeah. wholeheartedly, yeah. Um, we did go on to sort of disagree with ourselves, I think, but Matt says yeah. the ingenious Larry Sanders show brilliantly peered into mm. behind the scenes of the writers' room of a late-night talk show, which is true, and it was brilliant, isn't it? I'd, Larry I've not show. seen that. Should I have seen that? <laughs> That's your homework, Tim. Okay, in the, um, Larry Sanders show. You're about right. to go on holiday. Yeah. Aren't you so? Yeah. So have a, have a look at Larry Sanders. Okay. So we were wrong about that. Yeah. There are loads of great films as well. We're completely wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> about starring writers or about writers. Californication, that's amazing. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Naked Lunch, American Splendor. Hey. So we're idiots, Tim, basically. <laughs> I don't know what, if anyone listens to it. I actually can't think of any examples where it's a bad. Uh, yeah, a bad thing that the writers. Yeah, we, we just. We went wrong. Just unbelievable, we were, yeah. isn't it? How wrong we were with that. Okay, so. So yeah. you, maybe you want to take issue with something mm. we've said. Or agree vigorously. Or yeah. agree, yeah, or just say how brilliant we are. Email us at yeah. stayathomeapod at gmail.com. Tweet us at stayathomeapod. Um, 
because a surprise Mediterranean holiday, if you like, at iescape.com. You can buy vouchers there. I'd quite like to go to Mykonos in Greece. What about you, Tim? Um, Costa Rica, I think. So feel free to do that. Send us some vouchers. Um, Or just an email. (laughs) Or anything, any kind of (laughs) acknowledgement will be good. So... Yeah, so um, we've got a pandemic in Japan. So two things that relate to this episode. But but first, yeah. we dive... Oh, by the way, it's written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Um, mm. I think that's how you pronounce Weinstein. Um, mm. Who are... Uh, it's their first show as, as um, staff writers, I believe, as, as people on the staff. Fantastically scripted episode. But let's dive in with I Can't Believe They Invented It. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to be very TV. sort of brisk with this episode because there's just too much isn't there there's too much to it too many gags to enjoy, yeah. Yeah. but I can't believe they invented so we get the SS microwave which is a terrible idea of a, a microwave on a, a floating <laughs> a pool uh, in a pool which is yeah. like a disaster what's great about these is that that they're increasingly useless, aren't they? Yeah. They're increasingly bad ideas, I think. And dangerous. Yeah. And dangerous, yeah. The one, like a microwave that floats on a pool so it, you can bring your burrito. <laughs> it's just totally pointless <laughs> while you're on your lilo. Quite like the doggy doorman. Yeah, the doggy yeah. doorman is a robot, a little miniature robot that when the, the dog I'm flap... quite tempted by that one. Yeah, it says, good evening, Rex. It just says, good evening to your dog. And my absolute favourite, though... <laughs> it's, the sh- it's the chandelier for your car, which nobody needs, do no. you? <laughs> no. <laughs> nobody needs that. It, no one's going, oh, nice car. Oh, nice chandelier. Lovely, you know. It keeps bumping in. into him while he's driving as well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's entirely impractical, <laughs> isn't it? And, uh, and not at all use, yeah. But um, this is just the beginning because now we get Troy McClure. Yes. You may know Troy McClure yep. from films such as P is for Psycho. That's such a good gag. And The yeah. President's Neck is Missing. I definitely. I'd love to see The President's <laughs> Neck is Missing. That's amazing. Well, what I love is then he, he inexplicably pushes an orange against his forehead and starts grunting. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're like, what's going on? And then he says, um, well, you know, until now, this is how we made orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't, is it? It's just no. those little spiky, squeezy things that people use. You don't, you yeah. don't squeeze it against your head. It just, it's not true. Well, Homer does, it turns out. But um, So he introduces the juice loosener, which has been invented by Doc, Dr Nick, our, our favourite quack doctor. And it's this really loud, noisy machine that, that takes a whole sack of oranges just to make one drop. Yeah, I, I when really he goes, are you sure it's on? I can't, I can't hear a thing. And it's massively loud. It's like some sort of washing machine yeah. in a spin cycle. It's whisper quiet, says yeah. Dr Nick. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and he says, uh, yeah, there's a nice line from Troy McClure. When we have to pay those outrageous prices for something the farmer probably spit in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's true. So uh, he says, order now. And Dr. Nick says, if you, if you order it now, you'll also receive Sun and Run. And mm. as he's explaining what Sun and Run is, Troy McClure is liberally applying it to his skin. That's right. Um, but it's, it's a suntan lotion that's also a laxative. I love Troy McClure's face when he realises that. Yeah. Again, that's another useless thing, isn't it? That's another <laughs> Nobody thing wants that need. combination, do they? Mm. You're not going right. I'm just off to the beach. Oh, I'm feeling a bit constipated. Um, yeah. Nobody needs that. Never. <laughs> and you have to read the notes before you, you apply it, as, uh, as Troy McClure yes. realises. Yeah. But this sets Homer off into a frenzy of buying because he says, I, I really need that. I, I'm, I've got to get the juice loosener, he says. I, I must lose weight. Won't get chest pains from answering the phone anymore. Um, so that's his, his rationale. Mm. But I think he's basically, he's, he's an easy sell. 
You know, he's, he's going to buy anything oh, else. Yeah, it's yeah. sold well. Cut to Osaka, Japan, where they're boxing up these juice looseners. Mm. And the guy, one of the guys has got the flu. The other one's working with a shattered pelvis that he's yeah. had for three weeks. There's a slightly... Which is, a, I guess... There's a little thing here, yeah. isn't there, about the Japanese... Overwork, yeah, yeah. Japanese sort of work ethic. Yeah, but it basically the guy with the flu uh, coughs into the box, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, in some spurious science here, the flu is going to travel over six to eight weeks later, mm. as it says, to when Homer opens the box. He's, it looks like he's been sitting there that entire time waiting for it, by yeah. the way. Yeah, they could have made more of that gag, couldn't they? Because it's just him sitting there going, oh, when's my Jesus going to arrive? And then yeah. arrives. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you want him to be, I don't know, you want mm. to see a lot of time has passed, like there's a lot of sweaty patches on the chair or... Yeah, that's true, or, you yeah. Know, you know what I mean? He's just sort of like, he's got a beard or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he opens the box and this cloud of flu um, emerges and surrounds his head. And then we get a lovely mm. montage of the people of Springfield, because it turns out he's not the only person who's ordered something from Osaka, Japan. Yeah. Uh, we get Skinner giving a box to his mother yeah. with the great exclamation, good Lord, flu germs entering every orifice of my head. Yeah. <laughs> orifice is such an ugly word, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's not, you don't use that in a sexual context, do you? No. <laughs> You can't use orifice as part of like a sex thing. No, or any any context really. It's just it's just not. I'm a, not going to give an example of what's in my head, but it's not a pl- it's not a pleasant word. <laughs> Pat, Patty and Selma exchange gifts, and they they each get it, and then we see the flu sort of travelling through Springfield. I like that it stops at the traffic lights. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's a little cloud of flu. Yeah, I mean the idea of some sort of flu coming over from yeah. from uh, Asia. Yeah. It's- it's just nonsense, isn't it? Like, Ludicrous. Just, it never yeah, happens. It's, yeah. it's a bit hysterical, yeah. <laughs> it is weird seeing this episode from this vantage point, actually. My, my favourite bit of uh, reaction to it, though, is Wiggum, who's just buying some donuts, and he's, he's uh, instinctive to shoot at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In blind panic. Yes. I think he would do <laughs> that, wouldn't he? Yeah. He's, he's definitely he that's consistent. And then we get a, a little blurb of um, Kent Brockman on Ion Springfield, yeah. mentioning 300 cases and rising. And then he, he cuts to our favourite little segment, Arnie in the Sky. Yeah, which, as we know, should be called Pie in the Sky. That's the joke. Yeah, because it? it's his, Arnie Pie, yeah. His name is Arnie Pie, but they call it Arnie in the Sky. It's so good, that joke. Like, no one's noticed that Pie in the Sky would be loads better. <laughs> What's great is that that's, that really shows respect to the audience. Absolutely, see? yeah. Because they, yeah. they don't labour it at all. It's a passing gag, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's know? wonderful. They leave it to middle-aged British men, like, 30-odd years later to, to labour it. On picket, yeah. But Arnie's yeah. fe- not feeling well, and he he vomits. Um, it turns out he vomits onto mm. Otto, who's sunbathing below. I love that though. That's a really great little throwaway slapstick moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Where Otto's sunbathing, he goes, "Okay, Mister Sun, give me what you got." Yeah. And then you just see the uh, like a, a lovely, beautifully rendered silhouette yes. of like uh, vomit. a splat of vomit, sort of descending. Flu laden vomit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. So I, I do like the way, by the way, that the uh, flu is is depicted as this sort of cloud with uh, with amoebas in it or whatever it is. You know what's going on. In well, there. we see an even better depiction of it in a minute, don't we? Yeah. An well, internal depiction of it, which is great. Well, exactly, because Marge is measuring Bart's temperature, and she says, "Yeah, you're fine." So mm. he forces his immune system to let the virus win, doesn't he? Yeah, which is. Um, epidemiologically dubious that, isn't it? I, <laughs> I don't know I, I have a feeling that I might have managed that somehow in, in my school years <laughs> yeah I think anxiety <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah he basically they lay down and uh, yeah we see a great animation of of the flu taking over his body which sounds like snake doesn't it it does yeah Exactly. Yeah, and the, it says, "All right, let's make some pus." And then, it and like yeah, and the immune system sounds like the the, the teenager voice, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? So 
Yeah, that's slightly not quite broken yet. Yeah. We keep getting orders to let the virus win. Yeah. It's a slightly, uh, yeah, not very solid voice. Must be a school day, yeah. Yeah. So that means that... Um, brilliantly i mean the, the pace of this episode is fantastic isn't it it doesn't let up a minute because because bart bart then um gets to stay home to watch itching scratching i'll let you ah. describe germs of endearment germs of endearment marvelous yeah so he visits dr itchy's office to get a tonsillectomy doesn't he scratchy which is today's special <laughs> and he itchy opens his mouth and he ties his internal organs to a brick uh, and tosses the brick out of the window. Yes. And so his <laughs> internal organs are like, that's why you pull yanked out. Um, and they start falling along with the brick. Scratchy panics, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, dives out of the window after his internal organs, catches them up, and stuffs them back into his body. Yeah. Uh, again, scientifically, <laughs> a yeah. tiny bit dubious. Um, and, and then... A rare moment of sort of uh, success for Scrat for him when he he's happy he's got them all back in his body yeah and then he's just impaled on a cactus <laughs> like, and there's a there's a lovely brief shot of him sort of dead on the cactus just like <laughs> blank eyed <laughs> it's just brilliantly, it's lovely, yeah. brilliantly ultraviolet yeah wonderful I lo- yeah I love that all know. of his internal organs get taken out by that one. <laughs> And it's nice to see an itchy and scratchy some to some extent tied in at least you know with the the germs of endearment is a great um, great title. Yes. What I love about the next sequence is that again they seem to have nailed what would happen if a pandemic happened because yeah. you get Quimby the politician announcing that he's cancelled his trip to the Bahamas. Yes. Clearly, you know, not have you know having been in the uh, literally filming this from the Bahamas. Yes, he's got a bad up of his office, so yeah. he's just faking it, isn't he? Which is. Um... I'm sure people have done that with Zoom, maybe. Yeah. yeah. They've used a background feature on Zoom. It's almost like a, a kind of a premonition of that, isn't it? Yeah, it just feels so right, yeah. yeah. And then we cut to Burns, who's watching this on TV and says, he's not scared, he's constructed a germ-free chamber for himself. and he takes. This is probably, <laughs> this is close to my favourite. It could be my favourite home and brain moment. There's so, there's so many brilliantly conceived ones. But this is the one that, I know. like, 30-odd years, and... Um, it's it never it's not diminished its it hasn't joy. diminished in, in the slightest <laughs> it's a great little flash of burns with his constructing his elaborate germ free chamber yeah and it's, it's got it works brilliantly on so many levels this joke yeah because yeah. he's so burns goes on and he gets into his germ free chamber and it has lots of different levels to it like lots of security well he says not a single microbe can get in or out he says doesn't he to this this place yeah, yeah. there's like an outer core and then an inner core and then another pod chamber and then it all sort of elaborately opens, obviously to reveal mm-hmm. Homer. He's in there already. <laughs> like, you know, I'm eating a inexplicably sandwich, yeah. eating a sandwich. Yeah, inexplicably. So <laughs> this chamber doesn't work very well, and <laughs> he says, "Who the devil are you?" Or um, which, obviously, again, it works immediately. Works on yeah. the level that Burns just never knows who Homer who Homer is, even in that situation. Yeah, uh, and Homer's brain goes, "Don't panic, just come up with a good story." <laughs> now we got we got to think of what's great about his story is that the writers have definitely thought what's literally the stupidest thing he could say here yeah. by definition. Um, what is it? And they've they must have thought of that and, and gone right. Well, and what he says is, "My name is Mr. Burns," <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and so that's the person who's standing in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> confronting him 
it's his boss. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not convincing in any way. No. Uh, Even his brain realizes this straight away, doesn't it? Because it. Yeah, his brain him... goes dull. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Mr. Burns. Amazing. Fantastic. It's just yeah. he's not going to buy that, is he? No. I love. I love the animation of it. Just finding him in there is a joy, isn't it? But yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, with his sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, love just those, come yeah. up with a good story that's what yeah. that's the best homer can do it's yeah. literally the worst possible option yeah. he, he he's he's claimed to be mr but it, it does bring to mind a previous episode where he tries to post something uh, and claims he's mr mr burns doesn't yeah. he yeah I, what's, what's your just... what's your first name i don't know <laughs> he should have learned by now this is never going to work pretending to be mr burns but um yeah beautiful yeah. then we get the mob who are demanding a cure and dr hibbert says mm. well Anything I'll give you would, would just be a placebo. And they say, where is this placebo? <laughs> where do we get it? <laughs> yeah, this, this did the rounds, didn't it, during the beginning of the pandemic. I remember some, yes. someone yeah. sent this to me. It's a clip of this. Absolutely, with great people. clip. And yeah. he says, oh, the only cure is bed rest. And, yeah. and then they go, where do we get these placebos? Maybe there's some in this truck. And they turn a the truck over and release some killer bees. And one yeah. guy grabs a killer bee out of the air, puts it in his mouth and says, I'm cured. I mean, ow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lovely, again, brilliant mob mentality, similar to last week, where the give us hell, Quimby. Yeah, and, um, exactly. Here, they just take everything ultra-literally, don't they? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Anything I, I give you would only be a placebo. So they yeah. go, well, where do we get these placebos? <laughs> They're so stupid. <laughs> They're that. so stupid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the, and the killer bees, oddly, there was a story about killer bees just when the pandemic um, hit. Exactly, yeah, think, it's very yeah. odd this episode, isn't it? Yeah, it's very... It's almost um, unbelievable to think that we we were, we were did have a, a US president yeah. who suggested mm. injecting bleach, was it? Or yes. using drinking bleach or something? To... Something like that, yeah. Some sort of yeah. cleaner, yeah, cleaning fluid. I mean, not, I not a joke, not as a joke. No. As somebody standing up and saying, yeah, may, maybe that could work. Yeah. And um, it's almost Simpsons-esque, isn't it, that? You, you oh, know, you would, you entirely. would expect someone like Quimby or, or yeah. Dr Nick to do that. <laughs> yeah. As I said, from this vantage point, it's amazing watching this episode, actually, because yeah. because of some of those reflections. Um, the mob mm. mentality, particularly, we've seen lots of examples yes. of that in the last 18 months. We have, yeah. But then we get, we get Ned, who, um, <laughs> who Rod comes and says, Dad, uh, I think Todd's speaking in tongues. Uh, and although uh, Ned's a bit sad that it's not actually him speaking in tongues, so sadly not. But uh, I think he's delirious with fever. Yeah. But he says, "No, I can't imagine what we've done to because uh, because his wife says, well, why we don't deserve this? What have we done?'" And then he flashes back to him laughing. Yeah, there's two brilliant little Ned flashes in this episode. They're both amazing. Yeah, they're they? great because this is a good, really good one. He's he's realised the one possible thing he might have done wrong to anger God. Is to watch a daytime soap yeah. on Fox. It's married with children. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's married. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a, it's just a sort of slightly innuendo y sort of joke. And yeah. uh, he laughs. Mild sex reference. Mild sex reference. Yeah. And Ned sort of <laughs> chuckles at it and he thinks that's probably the thing that's brought this yeah. misfortune on them. And this is a brilliant uh, meta gag against Fox because oh, he yeah. says, ah, oh, the network slogan is true. Watch Fox and be damned for all eternity. Which is what we do. Um, We're watching The Simpsons, aren't we? What yeah. The Simpsons was on Fox at the time. Yeah, I think. You know the courage. You, certainly in those days, the courage to have a go at the network that's showing you, I think, was um, was something we all remarked on at the time. Certainly, very meta. I, well, I think that's as you're saying. That's another sign of the confidence, isn't it, in the show? Absolutely. That it's, um, yeah. That it's sort of yeah. got to a point where it's uncancellable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are they going to do? Because it's so big. Yeah. Yeah. They can go <laughs> fuck you, Fox. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're not worried about the repercussions. Brilliant. And then we cut to Marge. So Marge is 
is stoically doing her best to look after the entire family, oh, yeah. including Jesus. Grandpa. And then we get a lovely sort of... Mon- it stresses me out, this, Tim. Yeah, it is stressful, because Lisa wants more OJ. Bart wants chewable morphine. <laughs> she says, there's no such thing as yeah. that. <laughs> and then Homer says, come change the channel and pat my head. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that. And then she basically, she has to go to the supermarket, and Grandpa says, can you get me a bottle of bourbon, which is a, which is a key little link. Yeah, well... Just one pause for a moment here. All of this has been a build-up to the main plot A, which is Marge getting, going to prison, by the way, which is amazing, isn't yes. it, how this, this writing has just been the intro yeah. to, to the main plot. How can we get Marge in prison? Yeah. She's, she's exhausted. Why is she exhausted? Yeah, working back the from... family are all ill. Yeah. Why are they ill? Yeah. But, yeah, so she's obviously a bit confused. Yeah. There's a nice line from Apu here where, where he says, she wants aspirin, and he says, yeah, that's twenty four ninety five. And she says, blimey, that's expensive. And he says, I, I lowered the price because an escaped mental patient tampered with the bottle. <laughs> you wouldn't buy it, would you? <laughs> I wouldn't buy that. I'd go, really? And go somewhere else. Yeah. Again, we get the Apu thing. I mean, we kind of can't really ignore it in this episode because yeah. there's, there's a couple of moments in this episode that, um, that really made me cringe. Yes. You know, it's more so, than, more so than any. So far, up, yeah. You know, up until this point. Yeah. Really, really. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. We'll try and skirt over it and keep um, keep keep on track. But basically, she trips the alarm, doesn't she? She goes. Yeah. And uh, it turns out she's got a, a bottle of Colonel Quickie Mart's bourbon in her pocket. Mm. They basically stall her while they call the police, which is a bit unfair on poor Marge because it looks like she's tired. It, was, it certainly wasn't deliberate. But I do, I do like Wiggum, though. He turns up and through the megaphone says, come out with your hands up. They see it as an opportunity, Apu. Yeah, that's right. Apu yeah. and his brother, don't they? They, mm. they just... They just go, yes, you know, we've we've caught somebody. It is. They, we, we see them partying really, about it later, don't yeah. we? Yeah, it's really disturbing, um, isn't it? It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. They speak in Hindi, don't they, at, at one point? They sort of secretly speak to each other in, in Hindi about it. And I didn't bother to check no. what they were saying, but... I just thought I don't. I'm not sure I want to know. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, a bit uncomfortable. But basically, um, the police turn up, and I do like Wiggum. He he says, "Come through the megaphone. Come out with your hands up." Two cups of coffee, an auto freshener that says Capricorn, and something with coconut on it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, a brilliant gag. Yeah. Yeah, he takes the opportunity to do a few orders while yes. he while he's getting them out, which is brilliant. And then we get wonderfully, possibly Lionel Hutz's greatest episode. This because uh, he's great in this. episode. He is amazing he? in this episode. So he's going to represent Marge again. He's, he's got his gimmick, and he's, <laughs> he's he's trying to get them to sign up. And he says, "You also get this smoking monkey." Um, but he cut down there, Smokey, yeah. and Marge goes. Mr. Hutz, <laughs> he says, look, he's taking another puff. He's like, he loves the smoking monkey so much. <laughs> it's just like this inane gimmick. He's just not suited to that job, is he? You know, he should be selling those sort of novelties at somewhere. And then we get, I think, his, his greatest ever moment where he says, oh, no, we've drawn Judge Schneider. I, I kind of ran over his dog. Yeah, I mean, this is extraordinary <laughs> writing, isn't it? And she says, really? You ran over his dog? He said, well... Replace the word kinder with repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> and dog with son. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. That's another line that sort of signifies where the show is at this point. It's perfect. That it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's boldness. Yeah. To, um, well, to make a gag that, frankly, makes the audience think. Yes, exactly. They have yeah. to kind of, they have to slightly <laughs> pass that, don't they? Which is um, kind of unusual for this sort of thing, this kind of show. Especially at the pace it's going now. And um, yeah, and not yeah. only that, but. Think also, why why would he repeatedly run over the judge's son? son? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Well, we we learn a lot about his hinterland, don't we? About his 
his drink problem later. And, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a spin-off Lionel Hutz series. Like, I've just got I an image in my head of him at the wheel, years. sort of drunk, just <laughs> running over the son of a judge. But yeah, he's, yes. he's really not right for this at all. <laughs> it's a bit like the, who the devil are you? Don't panic, give him a good story. Yeah. My name's Mr. Burns. Like the worst possible thing, and the worst possible thing yes. for Lionel Hutz to do is to run over a judge's son. Isn't yes. it? As a as a as someone trying to make his career as a lawyer. <laughs> and not only once, but repeatedly. Repeatedly, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and that's just one gag. But then, yeah, then we get another uncomfortable Apu moment because Homer goes to Apu to plead for Marge, and and he says, "We're putting that bitch on ice." Yeah, that's is, the line uh, that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did chuckle, but then I felt terrible about chuckling. There's something so. really uncomfortable about that line, isn't there? Yeah. It's not that they call Marge a bitch. It's, a, it's the way that they're enjoying it way too much to start with, mm. which is sort of funny. And um, yeah. I don't know, it just feels like it's stepped into a yeah. much darker area there. It does, it does, yeah. I think maybe especially with the retrospect of the cancelling of Apu. Exactly, um, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, just to... To try and cover loads of ground here, because there's a gag in every frame almost. But Chief, there Chief is, yeah, Wig- Wiggum for two hours. Chief Wiggum tells Quimby um, about Marge, tells him mm. not to tell anyone, but Quimby then immediately goes and announces it in a public meeting, uh, and also spoils the crying game by saying that the chicken, the crying game, is really amazing. I don't think I, I don't think I'd seen the crying game at this point, so that annoyed me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really weird thing to do. Um, it is, yeah. Uh, apparently, it'd been about a year since it'd been out, but even so, yeah, lots of people wouldn't have seen it. Mm. Um, we see we see the Lovejoys and Hibbert playing cards and gossiping. Yeah, a great another great Ned bit, don't we? Where he says uh, to Marge, "Now, don't you worry, we've all had brushes with the law." Yeah, this is lovely. Flashback to his brush with the law, which is literally just a just a cop coming to his house. Going, is that is Ed Flanders? No, Ned Flanders. Sorry, my mistake. That's yeah. his brush with the law. <laughs> I love that he says, "I'll never have that problem again," and points to a name tag on him that says Ned Flanders. <laughs> This is what's so amazing, isn't it? That they, 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 they're never satisfied with a gag. No. They, they try and get a gag within the gag, yeah. and they, yeah. they sort of deliver the gag. They conceive a brilliant gag. They deliver it brilliantly, and then they say, "Right, how do we pay up? Pay it yeah. off." It's it's incredible. You know, can we can we pay it off with a meta gag? It's just incredible. Yeah. And they're also true to the characters as well, because that's that's perfect. That Ned's that little brush with the law made Ned, you know, construct a badge for himself so that you know he'll never get in trouble again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's what makes a show again straw the heights. That's what makes a show so so above everything else. And that yeah, um, any other show would just go. And you can imagine the writers' room just saying, "Brilliant, yeah." There's a cop who comes to the door by mistake, hmm. and Ned says. Oh no, you got the wrong place, and that's his brush with the law, and they'd be just laughing in the writers' room. Yeah, but the Simpsons it. writers' room, you know, goes, "How can we? What more can we do with that?" And someone would have said, "Oh, imagine if he says something like, <laughs> i 'I've made a name badge for myself, so no one does.'" It is perfect. That's that's the genius of it. Yeah. Marsh says, oh, "Can I go use the bathroom?" and Maud Flanders follows her, and we get another reference to the cycle. What is Marge doing there, actually, Tim? This this annoyed me a bit. What is Marge doing there? Ah. It's never really explained, is it? You never see Marge going round to Ned Flanders' house to, for some counsel, do you? It's an odd thing to have suddenly have Marge there. Yeah, it's purely for the gags, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's a minor niggle, but it's just a bit odd. But well, so Ma- when Marge follows her, we get another psycho reference, which is, I think, at least the third psycho reference from The Simpsons we've seen. Well, it's the second in this episode. Oh, of course, yeah, well done, yeah. Pierce for psycho. So yeah, she's just trying to straighten <laughs> their pictures, and Maud says, "Just, just leave." Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's awful, isn't it? She just sees a picture's a little bit askew, and because she's touched it, yeah, Maud says, "Just wash your hands and get out." 
<laughs> Horrible. It's awful. Yeah. Get off our property. But um, then we cut to the, the court, and that he's a, I don't know his name, actually. He's a familiar lawyer with glasses, and we, we often see him as one of uh, the phalanx of lawyers that, that Burns has. Yeah. But here he's, um, he's part of the prosecution. And he's, he's, I think he's kind of, he's sort of like an alpha lawyer, isn't he? He's like the alpha lawyer to he makes Lionel me laugh. Yeah, You know, the, he's the converse of that. He's so, he's so good. He, at, at this point, he's talking to the jury and he's saying, uh, who's more attractive, Tom Cruise or Mel Gibson? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the judge said, Yeah, and the judge rightly goes, what's, this, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's this got to do with anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he says, well, I'm so confident that I can waste the court's time by rating the super honks. And yeah, I love that. wonderfully, 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 yeah. Lionel Hutz goes, ooh, he's going to win. <laughs> 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 That's such a brilliant payoff to that gag. Well. I love that smug lawyer. He really, he's just brilliant. And then we get um, a really yeah. weird episode where Professor Fink seems to be demonstrating that Marge was probably responsible for the death of Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the blue hair on the the grassy knoll. So yeah. the conspiracy builds. Right, I'm going to stop you there because because there's a, there's a, a very subtle line that I really like. And I can't let it go. It's where they get Reverend Lovejoy's wife to testify. And she says this brilliantly written line. I love this line where she says, as the wife of the minister, I'm privy to a lot of sensitive information. And here it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a beautifully written line. <laughs> uh, it's so, so, so It perfect, says a lot about reason. her, doesn't it? But yeah, then, he, then Lionel Hutz, we see him getting tempted by the drink. Uh, he has to call David Crosby uh, in a rare, um, <laughs> a rare appearance from David Crosby as himself playing... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've got you. You're seeing the age of the writers, aren't you? The boomer generation writers, yeah. where they, they're obviously, you know, David Crosby, Crosby, Stills, Nash, '60s bands would have been there. They're, mm. they're teenage bands, yeah, teenage music, and um, this thing where he goes into this reverie about oh, the brownest of the brown, yeah, so yeah. the uh, the delicious bourbon, it's so tempting, yeah. and then. And you and he goes, "What's that? You want me to drink you?" Like I'm in the middle of a trial. He's sort of. Yeah. He's having this little moment with the bottle, yeah, and yeah, and then he calls David Crosby as his sort of his sponsor, I suppose. Yeah, um, and he says, "Take it one day at a time." Crosby is obviously uh, famous for being, uh, you know, an addict to various things and in recovery pretty much all the time. So then we get um, brilliant, brilliant bit of huts again, where he's trying to showboat, and he says, "So, Mister Nahasapa Peloton, if that is your real name, <laughs> yeah. that is your real name, yeah." <laughs> It's just sort of, there's no substance to that challenge whatsoever. It's just that that's a yeah that's a definitely racist remark. Well, he's leading in he's leading into the idea that he's got a poor memory. Yeah. So that that's irrelevant, isn't it? Yeah. If he was if his point was that Apu is lying, yeah, then it that might make sense. Yeah. But even that doesn't add, doesn't sort of support his argument. Yeah, we we get Apu saying, "Well, I can remember pi to forty thousand places," which is. Uh, which leads to a beautiful Homer moment where he just says, mmm, pie, from, from, from the audience. <laughs> and then a brilliant challenge. He said, well, if your memory is so good, uh, can you remember what tie I'm wearing? <laughs> Again, beautifully animated this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then you see Hutz turns his back, presumably facing the rest of the, the court, so they can see yeah. what he's doing. And yeah. he struggles to get his tie off. Because a poo... Perfectly remembers. Yeah, what colour tie are you wearing? And Apu says, you're wearing a red and white striped club tie and a half Windsor knot. And so he's, he's totally got his memories brilliant. It's perfect. And then Hutz takes ages to get the tie off. Again, presumably in full view of the rest of the court. 
I love um, his um, prevarication. He's like, oh, you think that, do you? Well, if you do yeah. think that, and he's struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have something to tell you. Something that may shock and discredit you. And that, and that thing is as follows. <laughs> Just buying time. And he says, I'm not wearing a tie at all. And Turns goes, around, yeah. yeah. Again, like, oh, if I'm wrong about that, maybe I'm wrong about Mrs. Simpson. No further questions. And that's it. First of all, Apu should immediately challenge that because his memory is perfect and, and the audience. But it works It works as a great gag because as, um, as uh, Lionel Hutz is soaking up the acclaim for that, you can see the red tie up his sleeve. Yeah, so. which is, a, again, <laughs> um, another one, isn't really it? Bad another one that they spend yeah. so long crafting this beautiful moment with Lionel Hutz trying to sort of bamboozle yeah. Apu um, and sort mm. of just about pulls it off. And then you see the, the Simpsons pushing a bit harder is when he says, thank you, no further questions. Yeah. You can clearly see the tie in his sleeve. That's the the mark of the Simpsons. Absolutely, yeah. So um, Hutt says, I move for a bad court thingy, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and she means you mean a mistrial. Do you right? I think this is Lionel Hutt's greatest episode. <laughs> I can't think of any other. Yeah, because where he's it comes back. <laughs> the uh, uh, basically, as uh, you know, he says it, it's not guilty, and she says no, it's, it's guilty, <laughs> and uh, you've written guilty here, and you've misspelt guilty. <laughs> he's tried to kind of tamper with the jury, mm-hmm. um, write the verdict as if it's the jury's verdict, but he's written guilty. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so wonderfully stupid it's almost Homer-esque and he's misspelled uh, it yeah. and he's misspelled it which makes me think what, how the fuck has he spelled guilty yeah. wrong <laughs> oh, G-I-L-L-T-Y that's so great isn't it yeah it's, uh, it, on every level that's funny isn't it it's brilliant and he's not wearing any pants as well There's, exactly. you know he's incompetent <laughs> It's almost pretty much Lionel Hutt steals the show of this episode, doesn't he, really? He does. He does steal the show. Part, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he get, keeps getting used for things. Uh, exactly, so yeah, why do they keep hiring him? <laughs> they next, so the next case is Council of Churches versus Lionel Hutt. He's like, oh, yeah, that, that thing. Oh, yeah, um, that thing, yeah. But uh, So, yeah, she's Lovely. going to jail. Um, that's, that's the outcome of this. Um, yeah. Homer has a little speech about how he's going to really miss her, not just for the sex, but also for the food preparation. <laughs> <laughs> What a brilliant line! Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and uh, That's such a brilliant line that really sums up Homer, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it does. But but it is quite touching. And and we see Marge in prison, who who shares a cell with somebody called Phillips, uh, so named because she killed her husband with a Phillips head screwdriver. So pretty hardcore. Yeah. But she says uh, has a little chat to the inmate, saying it's so nice not to cook. Yes. And then she says. Didn't your husband ever cook for you? And then we get a lovely flashback of Homer trying to mm. cook seafood with the fish flapping around on the plate and Marge saying, I don't think this is actually cooked. <laughs> it seems like a flashback to an old episode, that, doesn't it? Yeah, no, we haven't seen it before, but it does look yeah. like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Ni- it's nicely animated. Yeah. And then we get what would happen with the family if Marge is in prison. So Homer does a little speech to the kids. Delightful, He yeah. says, right, I don't want to do any washing up. <laughs> so... So you're going to drink straight from the faucet or milk carton mm. and, and eat over the sink or toilet. Which seems all right to me. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And then Lisa said, what about Maggie? And he says, well, she can run free in the backyard and nature will take its course, yeah. which is a line that really sticks in my head. For it does, reason. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is Homer's solution to a lot of things. I think we've seen Homer with this solution before to Santa's little helper or saying he can yeah. run free or people can... Yeah, yeah. that's right. I yeah. think it's or yeah, a similar thing, isn't it, where he just... 
his ultimate mm. solution to everything is just let it roam free. Yes, that's right. <laughs> as long as he doesn't have to do anything. He, he, yeah, exactly. He doesn't do anything. But yeah, so so we see a wonderful clip of you know because Lisa says if we all do our share, we can keep it clean. But ten minutes later, it's you know there's dog in the fridge. There's an alligator inexplicably wandering around. Yeah. Um, there's mess everywhere. My favourite here is where they run out of clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Homer comes down wearing Marge's wedding dress. Yes. <laughs> It's the only thing available to wear. He's been up in the loft, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah lovely. Up just in the attic. put the washing on. Just put the clothes on, the laundry. It's quite a nice little meta um, comment, actually, because Lisa says, I've been, I seem to have been wearing this red dress forever. And, of course, we know yeah. that the yeah, Simpsons have never changed clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Another little... I mean, the, the gags come thick and fast, but as we see a bar at school, yeah. and Millhouse has a nice packed lunch. He says, what have you got? Mm. He says, I've got a pack of sugar... And a pe- peanut butter smeared on a playing card. Yeah. At least he's got some peanut butter. At least he's got a bit of protein there. Yeah. It is functional as a lunch. <laughs> it's something edible. What I like about that gag is it. I can just picture Homer making that. Just, just put, Yeah, put yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they, they visit Marge. Homer turns up in a devil's costume, which is from Halloween. It's <laughs> um. <laughs> incredible, isn't it? Got, He's really scraping the bottom. Yeah, up. even the yeah. wedding dress is is too is not wearable now. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, they get they have a nice little moment where they get some time alone. I didn't know they do this in a little pod. Oh uh, yeah, they get a conjugal visit, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he says, "Look, Marge, I don't want to push anything." And then she leaps on him, obviously desperate mm. for sex, which is nice. We've talked about their sex life before. It's uh, it's yeah. quite it's quite. I um, quite like seeing that. Quite yeah. Encouraging, yeah. I think. I, no, I don't not, I don't mean it in that way. You know. No. no. <laughs> Not pornographically. No. no and no. then we get the beginning of how this is going to pan out because we see the bake sale oh. where um, somebody asks for, have you got those delicious marshmallow squares? And this is where they take, uh, I love the writers again having great fun taking a gag to its extreme because mm. they said, no, that was Marge Simpson. She made those. So everyone leaves immediately, which leaves them short by $15, which means that the statue of Lincoln has to be replaced by one of Jimmy Carter, which leads to a riot, <laughs> which is just brilliant, isn't it? I just like the way that it's... Um... They they just winding it up, aren't they? Here because it's basically yeah the episode is sort of over yeah and what's clever about it is you think oh this is the episode where Marge goes to prison and it isn't really no it's not it's about it's basically the episode that ends with Marge going to prison yeah and then yeah. her getting out it's mm. it's uh it's brilliant isn't it because yeah. you just think if someone said to you right this is the Simpsons where Marge goes to prison you would think oh I bet they've got lots of funny stuff out of that mm. um, and it's really only a tiny bit of the episode yeah and I. I Initially, I was thinking, oh, this is a bit rushed, how they wrap it up. But that's actually the point. Yeah. I think the structure plays second fiddle to the pace of gags and ideas, doesn't it? Yes. Because that's where um, that's where this really works. And then we get a lovely montage of the riot. Not a montage, but a, a clip of the riot that's ensued because of this Jimmy Carter statue. Yeah. And my favourite bit of that is Wiggum. <laughs> where, where the police say, uh, we're going to re- release these dogs. And he's like, yeah, they, they look pretty mad. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I've yeah. been starving them, teasing them, singing off key. Me, 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 meow, me, 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 me. Yeah, it would be annoying, wouldn't it, that? And so the minute they release them, they just attack Wigan for all the, the taunting yeah. he's done, which is great. Why is he doing that to the dogs, though? Why is he? Uh, why does he yeah. want the dogs to be in that such a... I think, an aggressive state. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? He wants them to rip people yeah. to shreds, but it's backfired. <laughs> they, they take it out on him. Um, yeah. And then we get a nice... Yeah, every, yeah. every every stage is a gag because Marge is leaving prison, yeah. but Phillips um, is also... You know, she says, men are such slime, but I'm seeing this new guy. 
and it's Barney, isn't it? <laughs> Barney. He says his name is Homer, and he walks in any cliff past. <laughs> That's such a brilliant guy. Which elicits a little mm, from Marge, doesn't it? Yeah, but that, that's exactly right, isn't it? That's what Barney would do. Yeah. And again, it's almost like a, that makes you laugh at the consequences. This this kind of terrifying yeah. the woman that she's met in prison, the scary woman, a massive woman. And yeah. what we know about Barney, that relationship isn't going to go well, no, is it? So, she's murdered somebody already. So, but Homer's going to get the payback later. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And they just leave that there. But um, Bart and Lisa are cleaning up by literally sweeping everything under the rug. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, a, I love that there's somebody going, hey, watch it, when, uh, when there's yeah. somebody under there. Someone's sleeping yeah. under there already, yeah. But um, when Marge returns, the whole town's waiting for, for her. So uh, Lovejoy's wife says, from now on, I'll use my gossip for good instead of evil. But this is just because of her cakes, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. The marshmallow squares. They can finally, the marshmallow squares can return. Yeah. We get a nice three cheers for Marge and he unveils, Quimby unveils a statue. The whole town's there, including Krusty and everything. Um, there's a statue of Jimmy... But it's a modified statue. Yeah, yeah. of Jimmy Carter with Marge's hairdo. <laughs> Which, What's um, great about this is that you know Jimmy Carter is not a very liked president, no. is he? I don't think. Yeah, they call him a monster in this. I, I, th- I think he's quite a monster, but yeah. <laughs> isn't he a one, is he, he's uh, a one-termer, isn't he? He was a one-termer. Right. I, got, I got the feeling he's quite benign. It, you know, he's not really even that bad enough to really hate, but uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe yeah. Matt and... He's the Keir Starmer president. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect Matt, Matt and but, Jacob can tell us more about that when uh, when we see them. Yes. <laughs> We've got to wind it up, Tim, because um, yeah, well, we need to go on with our lives. We do. What? Let me go first, very quickly. I'm going to give it a 10 because... It fails. It doesn't even have a B plot because it moves so fast from its initial yep. premise and through those gags. But it's just a one of a kind episode. It's just so good and relentlessly inventive. So it's a ten from me. What about you, Andy? Yeah, it's not, it's not even a a thought of whether mm. it's a ten or not. You know, it's yeah. just um, it gives me so much pleasure this episode. Yeah, exactly. You know, in so many ways and. I, I just love the fact that it's um, they've got the boldness to write themselves into a corner. Yeah, um, I re- you can really feel the uh, the craft in the writing, as we've said, like the meta jokes and the jokes within jokes mm. and the jokes that end jokes. But you can also feel the confidence that they have to write themselves into a corner and think, yeah, what how are we going to get her out of jail mm. now? Um, and someone goes, oh. Let's have it that her cakes are missed in the town and something small towny and parochial like that. Yeah. That's the thing that um, gets her out of jail. Brilliant. You know, the townsfolk sort of turn back to, on her side again. Yeah. Making a point about the mob mentality, the the fickleness, but also the, the kind of warmth, the small town sort of warmth. Yeah. Again, uh, just... It's spot on. I, I give it a 10 just for who the devil are you? <laughs> Don't panic. Let's <laughs> come up with a good story. <laughs> My name, yeah, yeah. That's that's Mr. Burns. Standout moment, yeah. as as is all of Lionel Hutz in this. But yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah, it's been a long one, but it's been worth it. I think. I think it's been amazing. And um, yeah, sadly though, it's time to um, <laughs> confine the episode to a small cage. Yeah, and mercilessly roast it with a flamethrower, Tim. Okay, and um, <laughs> um, yeah. email us yeah. at stayathomeapod at gmail.com tweet us at stayathomeapod and mm. go to Apple Podcasts leave some nice comments yeah. and a five star review please we're serious about this you know we're, we'll be selecting the IP addresses of random people who yes. will listen to this episode and cross referencing <laughs> them with the IPs of anyone who's visited Apple Podcasts but not left us a review 
and um, and then, then targeting those with abuse. Yeah. We'll send some large men to the, to your house. Yes. Join us next time with the finale mm. of season four of The Simpsons. Yeah. Quest of course, he gets cancelled. And our assessment of the season as a whole, including our favourite yeah. episode. Yeah. We'll assess the season. We'll uh, give you our favourite of the favourites, and it's mm. going to be a tough one because it's just it is. Tens, plenty of tens. tens abound. Yeah. Yeah. And so for now, whoever you are, we hope you're well. And wherever you are, we hope you're safe. See you next time. See you next time.